This is an interesting ask from eye doctors. Due to growing eyesight concerns, some eye experts are asking parents to avoid giving any screen-related gifts this Christmas. We also talk tourism today as we look ahead to what the tourism industry is hoping for in 2024. How are hotel bookings going into the holiday season? It's Friday, which means our weekly Gab with Gabby, Gabrielle Marchand from Global News Morning, joined us as she does every Friday morning. And we had a lot of fun talking about the songs that get stuck in your head. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Loren McNabb and Greg Mackling, who was off today. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, December 8th podcast for The Start. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. And right now at one degree and not much wind, it's kind of like the calm before the storm. Looking at the weather map, we got a snowfall warning in effect for a huge chunk of southern Manitoba. Southeastern Manitoba, including Winnipeg, not in there, but Otherwise, snowfall warning, and it's going to, looks like it's going to be nasty later today and into tonight, Loren. Pretty crazy swing when you consider there was all these uh, posts on social media yesterday of people enjoying the weather, but also the weather record that we broke, a 100-year-old record, a really warm day yesterday. I don't know at what time it was, around 5, I was driving in, and in my car, it said it was 9 degrees. That's not always accurate, but it was crazy. We had people golfing yesterday. And now today, of course, we're getting pictures into our newsroom inbox from dolphin snow blanketing the ground there. You mentioned those weather alerts, basically just west of that line of Portage La Prairie. Anything west of there is covered in red. So I can't name the towns for you because they're blanketed with this red (laughs) scary thing. But it's the snow that could come to that part, southwestern and central Manitoba. And then, of course, uh, up into the um, north part, but the wind. Yeah, the wind. This uh, the Environment Canada is saying that we're expecting wind uh, fifty to seventy kilometers an hour later this afternoon and into the evening. And uh, looks like oh uh, yeah, that should continue tonight. And yeah, it looks like tomorrow morning it'll be still windy out of the north, forty to sixty kilometers an hour with blowing snow. So, yeah, we're uh, looks like we're in for it. So we had a couple of great days. It was great to see people out golfing yesterday. Sure. And uh, yeah, it was, I think the last time I checked the temperature yesterday was 7 degrees, which on December 7th seems just so wacky. And now here, here we go. We're going to get a dose of winter. And that, that actually is it's going to affect something. We should mention this a couple of times. Uh, the Grace Hospital Winter Celebration which was scheduled for today, has been postponed until next Friday, December 15th. They're going to do fireworks and a drive-in movie on inflatable screens, but with that wind, it's just not going to happen tonight. So that's been bumped to December 15th. And also with this weather, like, yeah, it's been great, it's been nice, but with a harsh reminder of winter's power, I think it, it... the fact that Phil the Freightliner mm-hmm. is happening tomorrow is good because we got to keep people warm over the winter. Coming down Pemina this morning, there's a young woman by the bus stop, and I was—I know that she's someone that um, 
was looking for food and help and, and perhaps maybe even spends the night in and around that bus stop sometimes. And so I've seen her there before. And when you think about the fact that, sure, fine, it's been seven degrees yesterday, four, two, one earlier this week. I still wouldn't want to sleep outside no. in that. And I sure wouldn't want to be out in the elements without some sort of protection in the days ahead and in the months ahead. So fill the Freightliner, of course. The whole idea is that no one should be left out in the cold. And so tomorrow, you're going to be down there? Yeah, I'll be there at 2 o'clock. We'll be, CGOB will be there from 9 until, the event is 9 until 5. CGOB is going to be there 9 until 4. And this is with the help of our friends Ken Talbot, Kevin Bulio, and Mike Palmer, uh, hoping to make sure that no one is left out in the cold. So Boston Pizza Keniston tomorrow Starting at 9, going till 5, fill the Freightliner collection drive for Silo Mission. So we're looking to put the haul in holidays. Want to fill up a truck. I mean, let's face it, it started with one truck. But I think, what did Ken say? They had like... Did he say they had Several, two, two, no. two trucks filled before they even before got Before they there. even got there on last Saturday, like last year on the Saturday. And I don't, can't recall what they ended up with, but it's now become fill the Freightliners, uh, plural, or trucks, yeah. as we say. And they're looking for all sorts of things. Like they'll take money for sure. But if you want to come by with uh, non-perishable food, gently used bedding, gently used adult clothing, gently used winter clothing. So keep in mind, you might have boots and coats that you don't use anymore. Cash of any kind. Greg had some extra coats. He was already prepping to bring them down there and have them ready to go for Siloam because yeah, this tis the season. So that's at 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. tomorrow, Boston Pizza Keniston. Uh, thanks, many thanks to Boston Pizza for hosting this event. It's actually, uh, you'd, you'd think that the, uh, the parking lot of a busy restaurant would be an awkward place for it, but just the way that that parking lot is designed, it's a perfect spot. They have a little thoroughfare. You can get in and out. Yeah. Almost like a drive-thru, like a drop-off drive-thru. Yeah, and that's a, that's a, that. Then you really can. You can just pull in, and the, the Ken and his team, they'll just come to your car if you want and just take the stuff from you. Uh, so And it's just a fun day. It's a really fun day. Uh, so that please be sure to join us tomorrow to help out with Silo Mission. Also today at uh, 6.35, we are going to be talking about a destination wedding, a bit of a snafu, a couple trying to get to Mexico. Their wedding is less than a month away, and they just got word a few days ago that the trip is canceled in that the destination they had chosen is no longer an option for them. They're being given other options, but what I want to hear from you, is that enough? Is the airline going far enough to make it up for them? You know, I've been there before when you had a flight change, just our trip to Mexico last month. We were supposed to be leaving, I think it was like 8 a.m., and the flight got changed to noon, and that seems like that's nothing, but that was a half day we were missing in the sun, and the whole point is to get to the sun, right? And so yep. when those things happen, you're frustrated. Now the whole trip's kind of being changed. So let us know what you think when you hear that story. We'll play it at 637. And uh, Brett, just into our inbox, Lakeshore School Division. All schools in Lakeshore are closed today due to inclement weather and worsening conditions throughout the day. So here we go. Maybe it will be nastier than... I didn't see that coming, coming in today. No, I didn't either. I did not have school closures on my list. But I'll be <laughs> honest, if you were not here, I live in a like weather bubble. Mm-hmm. Until you send me a note in the morning, <laughs> has anyone seen these radars? I'm like, no, what? <laughs> it is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. Also, snowfall warning in effect, by the way, for much of southern Manitoba, not including Winnipeg. 
We have tickets to give away for the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival, although we just gave away tickets for Ravine. Producer Kyle Milroy in for Jeff Fortier today. Who won those tickets? Uh, Karen, and uh, I don't have her last name in front of me, so Karen. <laughs> I did get it originally, I promise, but I don't have it anymore. Uh, Karen is our winner for today. All right, Karen, enjoy your tickets for Ravine. But we have tickets now that we want to give away a bit later this morning by asking you to join this discussion uh, for the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival. And it has to do with earworms, and this started today with Cam. <laughs> with this is how it works. Sometimes it's just a totally random song. So Cam, what's uh, what's going on in your head? Uh, well, this song's been stuck in my head for the better part of uh, like a, probably a week, and I just like my <laughs> wife was my wife's like, "What the? Hell? Why do you keep singing that song?" It's the uh, Grammy edition with Elton John of "Stand" by Eminem. <laughs> So the, like, is that even the Grammy. version is this one? Well, no, like, because Elton, like, I think the song was with Dido. Like, yeah. that was the original uh, yeah. track that was used. But then, like, uh, uh, then they had that famous uh, uh, performance at the Grammys. And it's just the Elton John one that's in my head, not the original. It's the Elton John version uh, from the from that year at the Grammys. So, yeah, I was. And, like, and where are you singing it? Just out of, you know, everywhere. just walking down the hallway I'm and you're singing, singing it? I'm singing it everywhere. I'm at home watching the Jets game, singing that song. My tea's got cold and wondering why I got out of bed at all. Rolling flames out of my window. You know. And then he like drags Michael it McDonald. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> I haven't heard that song in years. And it's funny. I laughed so hard when you mentioned that that song was stuck in your head. So let's talk about earworms. The song is so bad. I love when he does that little thing at the end. And I love that it's specifically the Grammy version of the TV. Remembering that. that. Like, why is that stuck? Something must have been happening while you were mm -hmm. watching the Grammys. I was was watching it that year and I just loved the performance. I don't know. It just came out of my came out of the blue. I can't explain it. And I was to be fair, that was a big deal with with the two It was Elton John performing with Eminem. And there was the controversy about his homophobia at the time. Elton John stepped in to take take that spot for him and to kind of say that he wasn't. So yeah. But this is going back eleven years. Like, why? I don't know. <laughs> that's that, that's the point. That's the earworm. So tell us your earworm at 204-780-6868. Do you have a song that frequently gets stuck in your head? or do you, I mean, we always have a song playing in our head, but sometimes it can drive you crazy. Or sometimes, like, I'll, every so often I'll get a song in my head and be like, yep, yeah, uh, this one can set up shop here for three weeks for all I care. 204-780-6868. Sarah McCarthy. Let's go to you. Well, mine almost dates back to 11 years ago. Um, my, like, six, seven middle school band played this song. And this is, like, the longest song you could ask a grade six, seven, eight band to play. Oh, jeez. They did grade six, seven, <laughs> you were doing this? It was, so, like, seven, eight minutes long. But specifically, this verse gets stuck in my head right here. Very, very frightening. <laughs> We would like and just be outside of class. We'd be like Galileo, Galileo, Galileo. And so once in a while, to just myself, I'm like Galileo, Galileo, Galileo. So it just—it's so easy to get stuck. Any verse of that song, seriously. But yes, that is the rhyme and reason behind. That that. is one ambitious band teacher. Like, did at least half of you go on to Juilliard or something? No, and we're out of like breath. Like, oh, I I wish I I need to call up our grade six band song. I think it had four notes. It was like bum 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 b
That's it. Oh, yes, this part. Let's yes. go band. I think we yelled, let's go band let's at go. the end. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't Queen. There's some musical oh people God. left, but yes. Let's go band. <laughs> let's go band. Well, Loren, what's your earworm? This happened in the summer, and I, I, I want to blame my 11-year-old for starting it. He loves to sing, and he likes to change the words to songs. But he'd start doing it, and I'd start doing it. And at some point during the day, one of us would get told to be quiet. Over and over again. Poker face, poker It's so annoying. Like it's it's like you're trying to draw your finger down. Like I love Gaga. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But this particular part mm-hmm. is like you're try- like putting your nails on chalkboard. It's like you're wanting to aggravate somebody in that. Poker face. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going again? <laughs> okay, we can all admit that Cam so far has had the best yes. rendition of his earworm, okay? <laughs> Go, Kyle. What's your, yeah, Mill Roy, what's yours? Oh, yeah, so I always have one in my head sometimes. Uh, the most recent one is the, uh, if you remember the Grey Cup, Green Day played a bunch of songs. Their first song was um, mm-hmm. uh, The American Dream is Killing Me from their new album, which is coming out. And uh, it took a few weeks to get in my head, but I really like the song now and it's got a good hook and good earworm for it sir but there's always something in my head this will be in there until something else takes its place yeah so this was a good one like you made the point Brett sometimes you let that song park in your head it doesn't bug you and other times you need to get it out you let this live there for a while Kyle oh yeah I've heard the trick to get songs out of your head is to finish them to like do the whole entire song yeah I've done it like six times it hasn't worked yeah. <laughs> I would say 100% success rate but it's possible <laughs> yeah I'm trying to remember of like a uh, an annoying song that gets stuck in my head, but uh, can't think one off the top of my head. But I can tell you the song that does often get stuck in my head also goes back uh, just a bit more than 11 years. And I'm hoping this oh, is a clean yes. version. <laughs> it's LMFAO Party Rock Anthem. And whenever that enters my head, I'm like, yep, that's okay. Because it's impossible to be unhappy listening to this song. Although, did I just see you shake your head, Cam? No, I'm just thinking, this actually, it's it's a, it's a pretty good song, actually. I'm not against it. I was just thinking, I was trying to, like, decide in my head if I like it or don't. And I do. It's not bad. It's still a good, like, social song. It gets people going still. It's still a hit. So, yeah. it's not bad. Sarah in the news booth. I, I, I love like... it. It's pumping me up for the seven. <laughs> so, 204-780-6868. The earworms, the songs that get stuck in your head for a chance to win tickets for the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. In the meantime, Sarah's got your latest news next on The Start. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. Coming up at 7.35, I got a review for you of the new Godzilla movie. And let me tell you, I did not expect just how good that movie would be. So I'm excited to tell you about that. But right now, we want to talk about screen time. And uh, I don't even want to think about how much time I spend looking at a screen. Because if, if, if it's not a computer monitor or my phone... It's my television. There's always a screen on. I keep telling myself, like, turn it off and read a book. Do I ever do that? No. Well, even the books I read are on my Kindle, so it's a screen. <laughs> and then, you know, you you get those reports from your phone at the end of the I week where it tells you how like how many hours you spent. And sure, a lot of mine's work, but a lot of it isn't. And, if, like, I don't need to tell you the reasons why we should be thinking about this, right? Like, it's limiting 
me from exercising, getting off my couch, might make you lethargic. Some might argue it changes behaviors. Then you've got social media and the way it makes you feel. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But how about your eyes? The Canadian Ophthalmological Society says most of us are spending far too much time in front of a screen. And in this holiday season, they're particularly worried about kids. They're putting an ask out actually to gift givers to stick to presents that are screen free. Dr. Stephanie Ann Dodgson is a pediatric and adult ophthalmologist and a clinical associate professor at the University of Calgary and joins us bright and early this morning. Good morning, doctor. Good morning. Let's go with the recommendations. What are What's the time we're supposed to be spending in front of a screen, particularly our kids, versus the actual amount that you're hearing? <laughs> So um, the actual amount of time that kids have, are spending on screens has actually increased since COVID. So the, in a 2002 survey, it was about 4.4 hours a day in front of a screen on average, which is 1.2 more hours than before the pandemic. And we'd like to see that number go down to at least the pre-pandemic uh, levels, if not less. Which would be sure. what? Um, so... You know, two hours a day maximum would be would be great to see for our uh, kids um, and limit that, uh, particularly that near screen time work, which is like closer than 30 centimeters. So we're talking like the tablet and the iPhone like you were talking about. So two hours a day for like, are we talking like all screens, computers, tablets, phones, television? Uh, ideally all screens and then we find uh, other activities to do right and that's why we're we're bringing this out for uh, you know uh, ideas to provide parents for holidays and trying to limit them buying kind of screen associated activities so we're thinking things like arts and crafts supplies you know outdoor inspired gifts educational games and card games Um, that uh, screen time that uh, kids kids have like you said it's it can actually uh, cause um, myopia or nearsightedness. Um, so we're seeing an increase in that. So um, in addition to what Lauren was saying about how it can make you feel lethargic and, and you, know, um, you know, less social in general. When you talk about that nearsightedness, so you've noticed an, an increase, say, in the office or of kids coming in, and that's what is the correlation here? Yeah, so we are seeing more kids uh, being uh, nearsighted. There are many studies that are showing an increase in the general population being more and more myopic. And they estimate by 2050 that, you know, over 50 to 60 percent of our population will actually be nearsighted or myopic. What do you say to the person that's like, okay, yeah, but then you get glasses and you're fine. Like, are there longer term impacts of all this beyond just having the vision problems, then having to wear those glasses and then having maybe different problems down the road? Yeah. So, um, you know, being nearsighted can be associated with other eye conditions, especially in adults, things like retinal detachments, cataract child uh, population. But as that child gets older, um, and becomes an adult, these are uh, problems that you will see in the adult population related to being uh, nearsighted, particularly the more nearsighted that you are. So while in the meantime, when for those who, like, I, I simply can't, you know, avoid the screen time. I, every second I'm at work, I'm staring at a screen. So is there something that I can do while I'm ingested in this, invested in this heavy screen time to protect my eyes? 
Yeah, I think um, many people are, are like you there, Brett. Um, so if you're going to do screen time, we recommend for everybody that 20-20-20 rule to kind of prevent some of the fatigue. So you reduce your screen, like uh, when you're on the screen for 20 minutes, uh, look away at 20 feet for 20 seconds. Um, you don't have to get up and leave your screen, but that will help with some of the difficulty that people, adults will experience most often with like near focus and um, eye strain. Um, in particular. Um, so that's one of the best recommendations. So the recommendation is to buy a gift this year if you have a child in your life that doesn't have a screen attached to it. You gave some options out there. Have you presented this to anyone and had any feedback in terms of what they think? I think electronics are one of the fastest growing sectors of the toy economy and, and it can be hard for people to find that thing that's going to really keep the kid playing without the screen. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, I think the the... The, the cliche of everything in moderation is very true. I have three small kids and uh, they do have screens and I let them play with their screens, but I do try and limit them and do prevent, present them with other alternatives. The outdoor activities is really kind of important. I mean, uh, you know, it sounds like you're going to get some snow. Hopefully people will want to, you know, build some snowmen or something like that. But we know that actually outside time is actually protect, protective um, for myopia and for every hour outside, it does reduce the risk of myopia and myopia progression. Dr. Stephanie Ann Dotchin, thank you very much for the time today. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Dr. Stephanie Ann Dotchin, pediatric and adult ophthalmologist and a clinical associate professor at the University of Calgary. Feel free to let us know at 204-780-6868. I've been having, I need to go to the eye doctor. I should have just asked her to diagnose me. This, <laughs> This like moving black dot in front of my left eye and it comes and goes, but it's, it's usually after I look at a screen and really? then it disappears and it's fine. And then if I spend too much time again on the computer, the dot returns, it has to be connected. Do you get migraines? Nope. Okay. Well there, that's, then I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to Google it and I'm going to get all sorts of horrific answers as to what that could be. I'm so. sure every medical professional would love to hear what you just said. I'm going to Google my symptoms. Oh, or when you go into the doctor's <laughs> office, I think I know what I have. I just needed a second opinion from a professional versus the internet. Let it go, let it go. I don't think we've ever played this. Hey, Keith, by the way, says the snow has started at Ericsdale Highway 6. Okay. Is horrible. I don't know if we played this song, Loren, but why are we playing this particular song, which I'm sure all parents across the land are just really happy that we are playing. Big John says, I have five earworms, but I also have kids. Let it go. Dance mode. Let it go. You're welcome. Let it go. Shiny are all songs my kids play on repeat, and I can't help but sing them on construction sites. Really? Big John. <laughs> on construction sites. And uh, that's, hey, that's great. And I, I, it's a good song. This is an earworm. And I had wished my kids got into it. And then my friends who have girls, I'd let, we'd go out and sing it in the yard together because my boys weren't as into it. Okay. The uh, song You're Welcome is Moana. Oh. And that's with uh, The Rock in it. And it is a good little song. Yeah, that's a, that actually has a tremendous soundtrack. That was... Um, geez, I feel like I'm I need to kill this, let it go, Milhouse, Lin Manuel, thank you, Lin Manuel. Didn't get that properly. Yeah, and uh, he wrote all the songs for that. That's good. And I uh, want another listener pointing out another good one: Baby Shark. 
is my forever no. earworm. Or if you prefer, Jamie Tart. There, do, I'll do, do that. Do, 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 do. Jamie Tart. <laughs> yes, let's change it to Ted Lasso. Much better. <laughs> so tell us about your earworms for a chance to win tickets for the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. We also have tickets to give away later this hour for Beyond Monet. In the meantime, coming up in sports, Connor Hellebuck hit a milestone last night with a victory over the Avalanche. Point us with sports after we check your weather next on The Start. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. Got to ask you a question of the day at cjob.com. We want to talk about something interesting happening with selfies in Venice. Congratulations to Mike Henderson, who picks up our final pair of tickets for the week for Beyond Monet, happening at the RBC Convention Center. And we have tickets to give away later this hour for One Night with the King, which is the best of Elvis's music, direct from Vegas. And 9.15, we have tickets to give away for the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival. Don't turn that music down, Kyle, because Olivia Loren has brought up this particular song. We're asking you this morning for your chance to win tickets to the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival. The earworm, the song that gets stuck in your head and why. Olivia says, last month... I was at a breast cancer... I just missed time that I was so close. Last month, I was at a breast cancer bingo fundraiser. The caller would call the number three times. Before she called the number for the third time, she would say, one more time. This started an earworm for one more time from Daft Punk. By the end of the night, everyone was chanting, one more time. It was a great time, but the earworm lasted for weeks. And now that I'm telling you the story, I'm sure it'll be stuck in my head for another week or two. Sorry, Olivia. It's At least it's a great song, Olivia. Like, you, you could have picked a worse song. Like, da- listener David says, how about the hamster No, dance? David, no. <laughs> and it's one of those, I don't. if you don't know it, you'd have to look it up, because I'm not going to play it for you. No. But if you look it up, you risk getting that song stuck in your head. Forever. <laughs> yeah, it was in my head for a good chunk of the late 1990s. <laughs> so, uh, but one more time, was also in my head in the late 90s and early aughts. I think it was 90s, maybe the early aughts, whatever. It doesn't matter. Great song. Olivia, thank you. Keep your earworms coming for a chance to win those tickets. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. Just want to mention as well, question of the day for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. Question we asked yesterday morning, does your... Workplace host a holiday party. 19% said yes, a big one. 23% a yes, a small one. 36% say no, but we used to. And just under 22% say no, we've never had one. Hmm. Uh, so we'll share with you our new question of the day in moments at cjob.com. Also at cjob.com, you caught, uh, you spotted a headline, something really weird happening in Venice. I think it seems to me that we increasingly hear stories of this and it has to do with selfie taking tourists or people who climb mountains or go and do great things and they take a selfie and something bad ends up happening to them. So the headline at Global News is selfie taking tourists refuse to sit down, end up capsizing Venice gondola. So you don't have to go to Venice to know that it's famous for its gondola. So of course, if you go there, you probably want to try and take one. Well, according to the reports out of Venice, this group of tourists, they were warned several times about the dangers of taking selfies because they were standing up in the boat. This is not like a big boat. This is like a canoe, basically, right? They ended up soggy and freezing after they failed to 
to follow those instructions. <laughs> and they've been asked by the gondolier, please don't, please don't. Well, he also ends up in the water. So yeah. now everybody's upset. And it made me think about the times we take pictures that I get we want to capture the moment, but then we're not in the moment. And then at what risk? Like, I get they're fine. You're just landing in the water. You're not in the middle of the ocean. It's not like he fell off a cruise ship. It just seems pretty stupid. The thing I like the most about this story is that there was actually aerial footage of the ordeal, which is captured by a group known as Venezia Nona Disneyland. Venice is not Disneyland. My <laughs> Italian needs work. But... They basically go around sharing and shaming tourists who behave badly because they're not liking what they see. It's a beautiful, romantic city, and people are acting like fools in it. Yeah, the, well, and you were just at the Cirque show last night. Cirque du Soleil yeah. is back in Winnipeg, and you got to check that out. How was it, by the way? I thought it was really cool for a number of reasons. Like, the what they can do obviously stands out. Like, the way that they can move and contort their bodies and do things that I couldn't even imagine or fathom doing because of the danger— but there was, even myself included, I took pictures. I tried to take one video, but I noticed in the audience, they, they had no issue with people taking video, that, that there was a number of people who would repeatedly be pulling out their phones and not just taking a little blurb, but really extended pieces of video. Yeah. And so I'm always just curious in that moment, do, do people actually go back and watch that? And if you do, great. Like if you're capturing something you want to show someone or you want to watch again, I suppose I get it. But then you're spending more time looking through your phone than you are at this incredible performance. Yeah, no, I, 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 I didn't. Uh, I won't be able to attend this particular Cirque Corteo, which is playing through uh, the weekend. But uh, I've been to a number of Cirque du Soleil shows, and I have taken quite a bit of video. But I'm because I do sometimes go back. But it's funny. Like I might, I might take ten videos, and then I'll go back and watch one of them. Uh-huh. Maybe I might go back and rewatch them. But when I take the video, there's there is an effort. To make sure that I'm, like, watching the show. Okay. So I'm not l- watching it through my phone. Like, I'll set up my phone and, and try to frame it, and then I just try to hold still. <laughs> so then I can actually look at the, what's happening with my own eyes as opposed to my Samsung's eyes. We get caught up in it, though. Like, like and I'm guilty of it. I'm not, I'm not even pointing fingers at these tourists. Like, I'm not a big fan of the selfie. I did one last night with my girlfriend. We hadn't been out forever, and we're just sending it off to my sister because we're all good friends. You know, like, I, you do it to share moments for whatever reason. So I'm, I'm trying not to knock it, but even myself. So they had this great scene. Like the way they set up the stage was super cool. It's really intimate, even though you're in the arena. It really feels like you're kind of under a big top. And at one point they have this uh, young artist floating with these balloons through yeah. the air, like super cool, clear balloons, which when I sent the picture to my husband, he said, one dart shot, that... <laughs> that Girls and got her. But there she is floating through the crowd and you're supposed to push her up like a balloon, like keep the balloon going. And she's coming towards us. And I'm like, oh my God, she's coming. And I pull out my camera and try to get a video of her coming and then miss my chance to be immersed in this. It was up to me to push her back in the air. And I was like, oh God, I got a camera in my hand. I'm a little busy. <laughs> then I ended up realizing I wasn't recording. Like I missed the whole thing. Anyway, I was just holding the phone <laughs> and not participating in the Cirque. So like, I guess my point is maybe put down the phone. I missed it all. You and, can read more. And my about- girlfriend's like, did you even get that? No. And we weren't part of it. So it was just a double fail. If you were at the Cirque show, by the way, let us know what you thought. 204-780-6868. And if you want to read more on the Venice selfie situation, you can find that at cjob.com or globalnews.ca. There's another great earworm. Producer Kyle is dug up. Stardust. Music sounds better with you. Another classic from the late 90s, early aughts. we got to check traffic, weather, and business next from the start.
It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today, and we are playing right now The Drifters. Because we're asking you about earworm songs that get stuck in your head, and one of our listeners pointed to this song, and it's apropos given what is coming today. It's already arrived, and we had pictures sent from Dauphin, fresh blanket of snow. We got lots of snow coming down already in southern Manitoba, and it is coming to Winnipeg, expected to be coming this afternoon along with that wind. So uh, keep your earworms coming for a chance to win tickets for the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival. We'll pick a winner at 9.15, and later this hour, we have tickets for One Night with the King, the best music of Elvis, direct from Vegas. That's coming to Club Region Event Center. We'll uh, stand by for your cue to call for that. Do you know what Bluey is? Bluey. Bluey. <clears throat> like Cub Bluey? I don't like know. Cub Bluey. Uh, we, I just, we, we have a meeting every morning and I just pop my head in and they're talking about the fact that Bluey is coming to the Centennial Hall, concert hall next week, and I think it's a kid's show. Okay. But apparently young adults maybe like it too. <clears throat> Bluey. How do you even... Sp- <laughs> I don't know. This is why... This is, I'm going straight to the source, the audience. Bluey's big play... Oh. At Winnipeg Centennial Concert Hall, December 11th, 12th, 13th. So there's tickets available. And uh, Bluey and Bingo are the characters. I just didn't know. Like, I'm out of the kids' show realm. Yeah. You know, I, like, I, it's I'm, not like SpongeBob or, or Peppa the Pig or Daniel the Tiger. Apparently, I'm, it's been around since 2018. Yeah, I'm out of the loop. The show follows Bluey, an anthropomorphic six year old blue healer puppy who is characterized by her abundance of energy, imagination, and curiosity. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I learned something. I might have to go watch this. Blue healers are also super fast. Dogs. Yes. Oh, my! our neighbors have a blue healer. The blue healer was the only dog in the dog park who could beat Dexter. Oh. My dog in a, ra- in a race. They can rip. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. Bluey. Come Bluey. <laughs> 204-780-6868. Tell us about your earworms. And right now, let's discuss how some of us have plans, might have plans to travel thousands of kilometers over the holiday break. Others, maybe just a few hundred, or perhaps you're just staying put. So the majority of tourism dollars in this province actually come from us, from Manitobans, people who are just visiting from other parts of the province. And earlier this year, Tourism Manitoba said the industry was returning to pre-pandemic levels. Apparently more tourism dollars were spent in the province last year than pre-pandemic, but Visits from people are still down, and visits from people particularly outside the province, from other Canadians, from international tourists, they're still lagging. So we want to take a look at the holiday season and see where things land. Michael Juice is president and CEO of Manitoba Hotel Association and joins us now. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, good morning. Thanks for having me. Do you know what Bluey is? (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing, got a young niece and nephew, and you said Bluey, and I think, oh, I think that's that jingle you sometimes hear. Um, so I'm not a Bluey expert, but uh, glad to hear he's coming to town, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not switching gears and making you do hard-hitting questions on Bluey. I just was curious if I was super out of the loop here. So when we talk about visits to hotels coming up in the weeks ahead, like where does this month rank in terms of the, the importance to hoteliers in this province? Yeah, December is a very, very big month for our members. Typically, it's a big one to cap the year off. January and February are typically slower months, and on the whole, 2023 has been a really good year, by and large, for most of our members, um, where it was really the first full year without any pandemic restrictions, of course. So that certainly helped getting more people out and about. So it's a really big year. And yeah, if you're looking to book, um, do it right now, as you could have some challenges. As Yeah, it's been great hearing from members that holiday parties and things like that are really strong demand this year. So that's been good to hear. 
So the occupancy then, what's that looking like for the holiday break? Uh, our occupancy in the Winnipeg market's been really, really strong this year, 70s, um, even touching 80% at times. But we'll see what December brings as at least anecdotally from members and it's starting to show up in the data a bit is after summer, leisure travel seems to have declined a little bit. Um, so there could be a few factors behind that. Of course, things are expensive now. Um, groceries, things like that, people's disposable income. But that's been something I've anecdotally uh, been hearing from members a little bit in the past few months of the leisure side slowing down a bit. But on the whole, 2023 has been a really strong year where in Winnipeg, we've been at about 80% occupancy on average throughout the year, which is really strong. Where are things at for hotels when it comes to staffing? I know we've been talking about that for at least 18 months now. You, along with a whole host of other industries, Michael, but is staffing still a challenge? Yeah, staffing is a challenge, but I think it's shifted a little bit where it's encouraging. Again, we're seeing more people come back to our industry and enter it. But one of the challenges we're hearing from members now is finding people with, I'll say, two to three years of experience, partially because there wasn't a lot of work in our sector two to three years ago. Again, a lot of layoffs and there weren't a lot of people working in it. So finding people with two to three years of experience in our sector has been a bit of a challenge, but our members are innovating. And I think we're looking more and more at, again, boring perhaps folks from uh, other sectors, other areas who have those marketing, sales, finance skills, and then adapting that to the hotel context. So they'll continue to adapt and evolve, but the good news is the influx, pretty much every member said we're seeing more applicants, more good applicants. So people seem to be coming back to our sector, which is a good thing. What about outside of Winnipeg? Like Loren was pointing out how most of the tourism dollars in Manitoba are spent by Manitobans from people visiting different spots. Uh, you know, maybe somebody from Winnipeg heading out somewhere and setting up shop in a hotel, say in Dauphin, for example. Yeah, rural Manitoba has been a bit of a different story where some markets are doing stronger, some are doing worse. I know we were just talking about the snow, but a member in a resort area was sharing with me this week if it's been tougher on their business the past few weeks as a lot of their winter traffic is people who want a snowmobile, ice fish, things like that. And um, people can't do as much of the winter activity right now in many parts of the province. So rural Manitoba is a bit more mixed as well. They typically don't rural Manitoba have as much of a business or conference kind of base to go off of. Um, where Winnipeg, you'll have uh, the convention center bringing in large events, which definitely helps, where a lot of smaller communities don't have that. So they're relying on weekend hockey tournament traffic or things like that or other community festivals. So it's a bit more of a mixed picture outside the city. Yeah, and you mentioned that snow. The guy was even thinking of, oh, should we maybe go to Minnedosa and check out the ski hill over the holiday break? But I don't know if there's going to be any snow. And that's not so unusual in terms of that time of year. We don't always say have the river trail good to go or always have those ski hills good to go but the snow is a big part of that rural component so is there any consideration uh, you know in the weeks of head does that mean and this is on the backs of the hoteliers i get that uh, michael but does that translate to any deals anywhere that might have to be pitched and promoted um perhaps yeah in the future of i think you know january and february again is typically kind of the slower months for our industry so if folks are looking for a staycation you know come out, uh, enjoy a local hotel and kind of, you know, Jan, Feb, uh, they might be able to find a bit better of a deal as that's typically the slower months in our industry. Um, but um, if people are looking to, yeah, stay local, we've had great weather. And yeah, we always have great winter attractions, uh, regardless if there's snow or not in Manitoba.
We have kids. They play hockey. We do a lot of tournaments. And one thing I noticed last year and, and even the year before when we came emerged out of a peak pandemic, Michael, was that the hotels weren't doing the cleanings as usual, weren't placing the towels as usual. And at the time, I attributed that to lingering COVID effect and the fact that there might not be a lot of staff. But is that trend here to stay? Because I see it in hotels everywhere now that the room cleaning does not happen until the guest is gone. Um, yeah, if you request cleaning, you know, staff and the hotel will, of course, accommodate. And some guests, you know, prefer not to have it cleaned every night. And so I think that trend is maybe still early days, but um, that could be one that's here to stay longer. Of. And again, it's, you know, better for the environment. You're using less chemicals, things like that. And we'll see Is it's still, you know, pretty early days, I think, for our sector after just the massive disruption that the pandemic was. Um, but we've certainly seen more of that. So we'll see in the years to come whether that stays. But I think more and more properties are looking at that. Michael Juice, President and CEO, Manitoba Hotel Association. Thank you very much for this. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. And yeah, honestly, one of the, the best little trips I've taken in recent years was to the Fort Gary Hotel. Mm-hmm. I, stay, I got a suite there for the weekend and I'd... I'd always wanted to stay there. And even though, like, I'm looking out the window and looking at downtown Winnipeg, which I see every day of my life, but it just felt like I, because it was staying in a hotel, mm-hmm. I felt like I had gone away. If you if you ever saw me in a hotel, you would laugh at me. Like, I get in and it's like, it doesn't matter if the room is small or big or fancy or if it's a, like a moat. I'm excited because I'm in a different space. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the sheets are clean, the bathroom's clean, somebody else is going to take care of those things, and I instantly am relaxed. Any hotel, yeah. anywhere in the world. It could be the smallest town. I'm like, let's do this. Let's let's just get our hotel on, you know? <laughs> I like to bring snacks. Yeah. I, I, we always load up on snacks. I like bring out like a little hotel charcuterie board. I figured out how to make <laughs> nachos in the ice bucket where I layer like the nachos. Like really? I go, oh, I love it. I love a hotel. <laughs> In the ice bucket. Yeah, well, or on the trays they give. I clean it off and they bring my own little paper and I pop it in and yeah, <laughs> I, I love a hotel. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. I'm glad to hear that because I often will tell people like, they're like, like when you go to Vegas, for example, I always want to know where, what hotel are you staying at? Yeah. And then they'll say, yeah, but who cares where you're staying? You don't spend that much time in the hotel. I'm like, yeah, but it's your home for four or five days. Oh, I like unpack. I put things in the drawers. I'm, I use all the toiletries unnecessarily, even if I don't <laughs> need them. Like, I'm all in. And I got that house coat on. I'm ironing. I don't iron at home. Now I'm like, there's an iron board right here. We should iron something. Like, let's use everything this hotel has to offer. It is McGarry McNabb. Mackling is off today. Last chance to get in on the tickets for the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival. We're asking you about earworms, songs that get stuck in your head, and Gary Jenkins saying My Sharona. I believe it was Gary Jenkins pointing to My Sharona. Get stuck in his head. I think he said it's been stuck in his head for a couple of days now. And I get that song stuck in my head whenever I watch Avengers Infinity War. There's a scene where they're trying to get the gauntlet off of Thanos and he's like in this haze and he says my Gamora which of course has been turned into a meme set to this music my Sharona oh that's good (laughs) I don't know if they did that intentionally or if it's just one of those things where they 
figure it out after. Like, we should have fixed that. Fix it in post. Last chance, 204-780-6868. In the meantime, Greg's not here to do the usual intro, so Loren, who's here? Her name is Gabby, full name Gabrielle Marchand. She works in TV, CKND Global. That was you good. can find her down the hall. She's nice. Okay. Taller than me. <laughs> Makes good dip. Good dip maker, tall woman, does tall news. Tall woman, does news, <laughs> global. <laughs> Gabby's here to sort of recap some of the lighter topics we discussed and send us into the weekend on a positive note. I and like my Sharona. That was a bomb. She loves it. I was yeah, She was sh- one shoulder in. She's ready to just join me on the, yeah. the, the mom dance train. Fing- fingers only. Yeah. <laughs> no lower body movement. No lower body movement. <laughs> <laughs> just want to... <laughs> so we talked about uh, lost items and found items, and you you say that something happened to you just last night? Yeah, just last night. So I'm a younger sister, and I've historically been thieving my sister's clothes since the dawn of time. And uh, she would get really annoyed because when I was a teenager, I sort of had this, like, look, platinum blonde hair and really orange spray tan that rubbed off on anything white or cream-colored. So I'd borrow her clothes, and she'd get them back and be like, I can't wear this anymore. It's all covered in spray tan. Like, this is so gross. (laughs) And uh, last night, I was going through my storage locker, and I found a shirt I'd stolen from her probably, like, 10 years ago. (laughs) It did have some orange on it. I was like, oh, this is nice. I should throw this in the wash and wear it again. Let's put this back in the rotation. So... Sorry to my big sister. She wouldn't want it anyway. No, this is what sisters are about. I have a big sister, and the number of times I've shown up and been like, wait a minute, I am wearing her shoes. Oh, no. You know? like, well, they're mine now. <laughs> well, will the orange come out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's, well, Kate, okay, no, actually it won't. I shouldn't say that. There is, like, a faint stain that will be there forever, but it's more on the armpit, so whatever. As long as I wear, like, a, a jacket over top of it, it's a cute <laughs> shirt. Hopefully it doesn't stink from sitting in musky storage locker for... Only one way to find out. (laughs) I'm bringing it next Friday. Just wear it it next week and we'll be like, so you stink. I'm glad that that, Tia, I'm not the only person who will do that where you put on a shirt and you're like, this thing is pit stained to hell. But it's winter, so I'm going to wear a sweater over it and who cares. Can't see the stains. I I was uh, scrambling to to get ready for work a couple of weeks ago and I I just needed a t-shirt to put on under a hoodie and I grabbed one and it had like, I don't know how it happened, and it's, it makes me sad because it was a custom, like a buddy had a T-shirt made for my 40th birthday. Because on my 30th, he had a shirt with uh, the Autobot symbol from the Transformers, but he changed, he put Transcona underneath it because I'm from Transcona. So on my 40th, he did it again, but with the Decepticon symbol. But I guess I got, it caught something. So there was this little hole on the chest that it has expanded to a full hole. Like, it stretches across Spicy. the shirt. <laughs> I, yeah, you that get was the shirt it. I grabbed. It, I put Brad. it on. I'm like, oh, I don't have time to look for another shirt. You're like, this I'm is wearing. my bar shirt, ladies. Look <laughs> Come at my look chest. At my hairy belly. It, I'm now picturing you in the full 80s, like when they were you, the mesh shirt with a bunch of holes in it. Yes. Like, and it's a crop top with like an 88 on the back or something. Let's bring that <laughs> look really back. really short denim shorts. <laughs> yes. That is a Daisy Dukes. Horrible, horrible fashion trend. <laughs> All right, so that's that's cool that you found that shirt. Uh, also, um, let me share my song because I want to talk about this, yeah. you guys. I'm on fire. Bruce Springsteen is currently being redone by everybody and anybody. I have like a an indie kind of alt pop version. There's a country version that's making the rounds. But if you listen to the lyrics of that song, and I googled it this morning, and the searches were like, "I'm on fire." Lyrics creepy. I'm yes. on fire. Lyrics. What do they mean? It's like. 
Hey, hey little girl, girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? I've got a burning mm. desire. Mm-hmm. And then there's a mm-hmm <laughs> thrown in there. <laughs> like, I don't know, Bruce, like what you are, I feel uncomfortable, but also all these remakes are so good. And so is the original version. I just can't stop listening to it. I sing it all the time. Are the remakes coming because of, because I remember when that was, it became a topic of discussion. So do you think that's what's triggered the remakes? Maybe. I did not know this was a thing. I did not know everybody was talking about how creepy this song was. I just found out about it probably a couple months ago, and now I sing it to everybody and anybody <laughs> I can. <laughs> and that song gets stuck in your head all the time? All the time. I'm like, hey, la, 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 is my daddy home? Yeah, it's not great. Anyway. Feels like you've heard it a lot, but don't know a lot of the words. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to me singing every song. <laughs> Where's I, my crop top? <laughs> I am no different. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ever been stuck in an elevator like the mayor this week in our building? The Marigolds? Yes, on his way up to an interview with Richard and Julie. Oh, my God. Along with our producer, Tyson, for 30 minutes. Yeah. And then he came to see us yesterday morning, and I said, did you take the stairs? He said, no, no. But it was the same elevator, like the same doors open the next day. And he hopped in, and it worked fine. Scott Gillingham, what a champ. Yeah, actually, in our building, some guy was doing an elevator survey, and he asked me. I was like, yeah, I have been stuck in the elevator in this building. Thank you for asking me. And then he got (laughs) off. (laughs) But yeah, this, this building, I'm telling you. Anyway. Oh boy. Lots of buildings. Lots of buildings. That's so true. There was St. Boniface stories. There was somebody who was downtown. There was somebody who was uh, in a small town got stuck. Yeah. But have you seen our elevators? They're beautiful. They they got a big revamp, so they're gorgeous. They're really gorgeous. I love riding in them. <laughs> do you ever, when they've got those touchless buttons, do you ever oh, yeah. hit six floors by accident just because you happen to be leaning too close to them? That's what I actually mean by being stuck in the elevator. I hit all the buttons and we spent 40 minutes stopping at every floor. <laughs> You're everybody, elf. Everybody, You're like everybody, elf. Everybody resents me in this building now. Hello. <laughs> That's when you get to do the good chat. You just wanted to make some friends. Yeah, we're just hanging out in the elevator. <laughs> I just stare at the wall even more. There's your song. Gabby. Actually, Brett and I have been in the elevator together and not talked because it's just not your thing. No, I'm like really on the way isn't. down and I'm like, what? Well, I'll chat and he looks over. He gives me like a side eye, <laughs> but not like a creepy side eye, just like a go away side <laughs> eye. What a power move. I love that. You I'm going to try that in the elevator. Just try the side eye. Like, why are you here? It's a really accurate de- depiction of what would happen. <laughs> Gabrielle Marchand. Thank you. Pleasure as always. Happy Friday. Our weekly Gab with Gabby. You can see her Monday through Friday on Global Winnipeg, Global News Morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. 9.14, we're giving away tickets for the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival next on The Start. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today. Oh, is this um, one of our listeners texted us about this? Uh, Producer Kyle picked up on that. We're asking you about earworm songs, songs that get stuck in your head because Cam Pointers this morning tells us he's had the song. <laughs> it's so random. He's had the song Stan by Eminem in his head for several days. And not just the song, but specifically the uh, the Grammy performance with Elton John, where Eminem did it with Elton John. It was Dido or Dido who did the original uh, version. But a 2012 performance that I doubt he would have heard again. Like you can go back and look at it online, but 
It's not, you like, must. It's not like it pops up like on air in his playlist. Like you know, yeah. he has to go looking for it to get it. Like he's choosing to get it stuck in his head. <laughs> in my mind. So we're asking you about your earworms, and one of our listeners, I think it was Steve Hennessy, who's it's, it was thankful. You might know about, about this. Is this was this the Leafs goal scoring song? The it Maple was, Leafs? yeah, for a number of years. I don't so. care about anything. They don't they hardly score anyway, so you didn't hear that very often. <laughs> they just they just changed it this season, but it had been it'd been there for at least five years, I think. What do they do now? I cannot I remember. Who cares? <laughs> Leafs. But uh, I thought you could at least have played two unlimited. That was the Brandon Weeking scoring song. <laughs> now that was a tune. Now Taylor says this jingle, one of our runners up here. Taylor says this jingle gets stuck in my head anytime anyone says anything about not looking at anything. See if you know this. Stop those monsters. One, two, three. Here's a fresh new way that's trouble free. It's got Paul Anka's guarantee. Guarantee void in Tennessee. Just don't look. Just don't look. <laughs> it's from The Simpsons. I have no idea. Did you know? Oh, I knew immediately. Oh, it's I from had the attack no of the 50 foot eyesores. It's one of the Halloween episodes where all the. The, the like the commercial like the dunk the lard lad donut guy comes to life and they attack and start stomping everybody. You just rewatched this year though for Halloween all the Halloween Simpson episodes. Correct? I did. Yeah. Would you have known this if you hadn't just done that rewatch? Oh yeah. Oh wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's a deep pull. But sometimes I'll, I'll actually sing that song to myself <laughs> if I'm like spending too much time looking at something online. I'll be like, just don't look, just don't look. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I do for real. Um, we also had another. The runner, this was a tough one to choose because the runner up made me laugh. Says one song you don't want stuck in your head is Ace of Spades by Motorhead while driving. True story. I got a speeding ticket, 80 and a 50. That song was in my head, not even listening to it. The song was just in this person's head and they got a speeding ticket. But Loren Olivia is our winner today. Last month, as at a breast cancer bingo fundraiser, the caller would call the number three times. Before she called the number for that third time, she would say, one more time. This started an earworm for One More Time from Daft Punk. And by the end of the night, everyone was chanting, One more time. It was a great time, but that earworm lasted for weeks. And now that I'm telling you this story, I'm sure it'll be stuck in my head for another week or two. Olivia, let us know if it's in there, because here it comes again. <laughs> and I love it. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I'm happy to hear it. One more time. So, Olivia, congratulations. You win the tickets for the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival featuring the likes of Bill Burr, Nate Bargatze, Jerry D, and more. Assiniboine Park, July 19 to July 21st. It is 9.22 coming up in sports. A milestone night for the Jets. Netminder, Poitras with the details next in sports. And with that wind and snow and the, the violent shift towards unfriendly weather, tomorrow probably couldn't be a better time to have an event like fill the Freightliner to help those who have to endure winter in difficult conditions, Loren. Yeah, and I think when you think about what you would want in any given moment, the challenge is all of us have to eat, to stay warm, to do all the things of life. Well, think about our most vulnerable. And the, the point is no one should be left out in the cold. And so tomorrow... We're asking you to join CJOB Power 97, Peggy, at the Boston Pizza and Keniston between 9 and 5 for the annual Fill the Freightliner. And we're getting a lot of help from our friends, Ken Talbot, Ken Bulio, and Mike Palmer, because they're ready to load up trucks, plural. 
Brett with all the things that they need down at Silo Mission. So, of course, that's everything from gently used bedding to coats to boots, things that would really be helpful in the winter season, but also cash. That's right. And CJOB will be broadcasting there live, as will our friends at Power 97. And we can also let you know that for every cash food or winter clothing delivery made tomorrow, you will be able to enter to win a pair of tickets either for Matthew Good, City in Color, or A Christmas Rock Story. So come see us. It's on from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. tomorrow at Boston Pizza on Keniston. So this week... It's been it's been a fun week because we got to go out and do things, although Loren and I have been both in various stages of weeknights are hard <laughs> to go out. <laughs> so you went you 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 went to see Cirque du Soleil last night or as voice to text translated it to. And it's funny because Loren sent me a text and said uh, what she was doing tonight. And then she says, I challenge you to uh, decipher this voice to text. Well, as soon as I did it, I'm in the car and I'm using voice to text. And I'm like, there's no way this phone translated this properly. And I can see as it goes by on the screen, you know, you're not touching it, but you can see. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is hilarious. There's no way he's <laughs> going to know what I'm up to tonight. Because for me, I think we've talked about this for you, our listeners. Brett's really good at deciphering like my m- mistakes, my spelling, my fat thumbs. And to the point where I stopped caring. Like if it didn't make sense, <laughs> I was like, Brett knows what I mean. Yep. And then last night I was like, uh-oh. He might not. I felt like I failed when you could, like you called me out. You challenged me. You dared me to translate. So it came out spelled S U K space D U L L E A. And like I don't. First of all, what what is the what is the voice to text trying to say there? But so Cirque du Soleil became Souk du Lea. So I said, Are you going to Souko Thai on Osborne for some Thai food? And it's like, no, I'm going to Cirque du Soleil. But the second time it still wrote Cirque du Soleil. But at least that was <laughs> like it made more sense. But uh, you went to see the Corteo show at, yeah. Can- at Canada Life Center, right? It was really cool. Like I've seen a few, you've seen a few Cirque shows too. I've seen yeah. one in Vegas. That was my first one when I was there. That was cool. I did the Under the Big Top one uh, and I can't remember what it was called. There was, there, there were a couple. There was Curios, Curious. the Cabinet of Curiosities. That's what I saw. That one I thought was amazing because yeah. like, because of the tent atmosphere largely. And then last night, really, like it was just a lot of really great performances, you know, where they're doing things that defy logic in terms of what their bodies can do and how strong yeah. they are. And it had a bit of silly too. So I think if you're bringing kids to this one, the kids will really like it. It had more of that actual circus feel in terms of the ringmaster and that kind of thing. But what, I, what really blew me away is that when you, I didn't, I hadn't been to a show like Cirque in an arena setting oh. and I wasn't sure how that would go. And so we go down to our seats and it's super, I was like, oh wow, this is really intimate because they've cut it in half, like lengthwise, lengthwise. So the stage is in front of you and, and we're only on one side of the rink. You're not seeing on the end, you're on the, uh, what was the east side, I think. And the gel screens there and they have like the kind of a couple of the singers and performers in terms of the drummer and a guitarist. And then the music starts and they come out and they lift the screen. And then on the other side was also a screen. And so the audience on the other side of the rink was sitting there, which I didn't know until that screen lifted. But we both had like a more intimate experience, even though we were in this giant Rink. I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's interesting. And so what I always like about those shows is like, if you like the gymnastics, if you like the feats of strength, if you like just having a laugh, that's good. But increasingly I find myself wondering about the behind the scenes stuff of those places, you know, like the under the stage movement, how they got that all there, how they built it. But I really enjoyed it. Well, you know, that reminds me actually, there was, I can't remember the name, <clears throat> excuse me, the name of the, the show that came in 2019, 
but they did another big top show there. And I got uh, to go like interview one of the performers. And is I that got Amulona to- or yeah, 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 that Amuluna. Yeah, that's okay. right. I'm a Luna. And uh, I got to interview one of the performers who I believe was from Brazil. But I got to go like backstage. And it's like, a, so that big top, they set it, they basically set up like a little village back there. So it was really cool to get to go back there. But yeah, the Cirque shows at the arena are pretty cool. I've, I've seen, and the arena, sh- and I'm glad to hear that they put on a show like that because uh, the arena shows tend to be not so much about. Well, some of them are acrobatics, but like I saw an Avatar themed one. Mm-hmm. It's called Toruk, mm-hmm. the first flight, and that, that they used like the entire rink, like the whole floor. It was a giant spectacle, and I they, I saw one on ice. Mm. They did one on ice, so they're like you know flipping around on skates in the air. So that was kind of neat. But uh, yeah, the Cirque du. So which show did you see in Las Vegas? Oh, I was Vegas baby. I don't know. I don't know how we got yeah, there. I, I don't know who bought the tickets. No, I'm kidding, but I genuinely have no idea. I saw, oh, that was the one. Oh, I think Bellagio. that might have been What well, was there, water? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, because the stage had always They climbed cool. a lot, like a big, tall, it almost looked like a pegboard. Oh, that might have been Ka. That's the, yeah, like that? K-A, I think is what it's called. It's at, that's at the MGM Grand. If Alana is listening, <laughs> what did we see? <laughs> Uh, but I, w- I saw oh, and that's the one where the, the st- it's cool because the stage uh, raises and and falls. So if they drop the stage, it becomes a pool. Oh, so you've got these trapeze artists and they're jump- jumping around and flying and diving into the water. It's spectacular. It's just beautiful. In those things, I'm more I'm mostly just in awe of what people can do. You know, like not just the beauty that can be created in the stage or mm-hmm. the art form or the costumes, but what they can do with themselves and the idea that someone's like, "You know what we should do?" is like climb to the highest point, not have a net below us. We'll swing to each other. We'll catch which <laughs> it'll look beautiful. Nobody will get hurt. It'll be great. Like the fact that that's what happens. They the one of the scenes was they had these beds because it was supposed to be like a kids playing, jumping back and forth, but the beds were really trampoline. And I'm like, there's no way in rehearsal these people didn't get hurt. Oh, yeah. All the time. And then on the other end, you had a, a concert this week that has also sort of had you in awe because it's not necessarily something I think either of us might have gone to until we had a chance to see her in person. Yeah, that's right. I got to go to... So we had her in studio at in this segment last week. Right. Janelle Nadeau. She's a Manitoba-born from Thanistel. When she's at home, she she runs the combine on the family farm. But uh, she's an internationally renowned harp, a harpist. She plays the harp, and she brought one in with her, this beautiful golden harp. And she said to us, she said, as beautiful as this is, my instrument is the most boring on the stage. And I wouldn't agree that it was as boring, but I was like genuinely curious, like what is that person playing? Because it was a four person ensemble and a couple of them played multiple instruments. There was a woman from Edmonton who who played the cello mm-hmm. and that was the only thing that she played. But then there was a, another guy from Manitoba who played a double bass for some of the songs, but he also played, and she referenced this, he played the hurdy gurdy, <laughs> which is a, it's a string instrument that produces sound by a hand crank uh, turned on it. So just look it up. Hurdy gurdy. It looks really cool. And then one of the other guys was playing something that I'd never heard of. And it sounds like 
I like so the hurdy gurdy. I think dates back to like the 17th or 18th like century, med- medieval time type stuff. The symphony hurdy gurdy, which is what the other guy was playing, goes back to yeah, like hundreds and hundreds of years. And it was it's like a similar thing. It's a box with buttons and a crank that you got to turn. And then he was playing. Uh, and I was so glad they went through the instruments because when they came back from intermission, she said, well, let's just go through some of the instruments while everybody's getting settled back in here in case you don't know what they are. And they were playing something called a harmonium, mm. which is like a pump organ. So they were playing this little organ, but they, they would they'd sort of reach around back and open this flap and close this flap. And it was just fascinating to, to learn what all these instruments are that I'd never seen or heard and just get to just experience them. And in this beautiful setting, it was at Club Region Event Center, but the music was just so beautiful and hypnotizing and heartwarming. It's, you know, I just said it's uh, when I watch circuits, an example of what people can do. And then you look at those instruments and you think it's another example of someone who had an idea. Like whose idea was it to create that crank hurdy yeah. gurdy or to take a bunch of strings and stretch them seven feet, but in different angles. So that you'd have the sounds of the harp. Who thought of putting the pig skin, like the... The bagpipe. The bagpipe. So who just said, you know what we should do with this pig stomach or whatever the heck they use for the skin originally back in the day? I might be making that up, but I think that's how it started. I think, I think you might be right. Like the idea that someone somewhere just thought, thought, I think I know what will sound great. And that symphony instrument, and it's funny you mentioned the bagpipe because he, when he, he uh, referenced the instrument, he said this is called a symphony or as I like to call it, uh, a big bag of, or it's a big box of Scotsman because it's, <laughs> it sounds like a bagpipe kind of. So it's just really cool. And there was another one, I think. Oh, I, uh, I think he called it a nickel harp, which I believe he said it's the national instrument of Sweden. And, and then he joked, I bought mine at Ikea and I assembled it with this key. <laughs> <laughs> Well so, done. It was uh, just the a, old Ikea joke. I, I always joke that I'm an uncultured lout. Well, I got a healthy dose of culture on Tuesday. This it was nickel just a harp looks show. like it was attacked by a dinosaur. It's a weird looking instrument. I know. It was so it was so much fun. It just it was so cool to see all of that stuff. So that's great that you got to go see Cirque. Uh, feel free to let us know if you went. If you went to see a Prairie Christmas with the Nado Ensemble on Tuesday, we'd love to hear from you as well.